different focus tonight. I think you guys found out the other day I wasn't very happy just in our in our pregame conversations. And I've spent two days just trying to reconnect this team in terms of what we do on the defensive side and how we go about it and having having a little emphasis on that. And it's amazing how offense becomes easier when you don't worry about it. And uh, I thought tonight was a great example of that. I thought I didn't know Terrence had 31 until I, I postgame. But he, he guarded the basketball like he did early. And, and, and we got connected that way. And, and that makes things easier for us. But I, but I thought our emphasis last two days, we didn't work one second on offense. We knew they were going to play a little zone. We worked on that today in shoot around. But it's all been about the defensive side and just getting back to, to, to guarding. The only thing that we didn't do on that side today was loose balls and just come up with them. we got to be much better at that. That didn't impact this game, but it can impact us in March. So Coleman was fantastic. thought he set the tone when they went to zone, getting the ball in the middle to him, and he just sprays it. And, you know, the last thing he does is look to score, but he throws that thing out and, and gets, gets TJ a couple wide-open threes. 50% from the three-point line, uh, you'll take that every night, 12 of them. I've, you know, I keep wishing we would shoot more, but tonight was a solid night, and then I thought defensively we talked a lot about keeping them off the three-point line. I thought that was the one way they could beat us, is if Williams and Namari and, and Llewellyn made threes, they throw one in in the last minute. So we did a great job there following the game plan, and all in all, good night. Definitely a good night for the Illini. It usually is when Brad Underwood goes up against Juwan Howard, and that was the case yet again, extending his record to 8-0 over the former Fab Five member. It was 97-68 last night, an absolute explosion of points, better defense, and we'll talk all the different angles of it. Terrence Shannon, 31 points. Wow. 11 of 15 from the field, went just absolutely nuts, hitting threes late in the first half. Had the heater going in the second half as well. <laughs> Coleman Hawkins was spectacular. That was a, a feel-good win for the Illini, needing it after a tough one in the way that it ended in East Lansing on Saturday. But you face the worst team in the Big Ten on your home floor. They don't have Doug McDaniel. That's what Michigan's been doing. They've been going to opposing buildings and getting just smacked. And mm. Illinois was the next one to... Smack them across the face. This one not in a handshake line. This one on the court. So, uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I Of course, Andrew had a game last night. Speaking of getting smacked around, uh, we did. Uh, but I, you know, I don't get Peacock, whatever. We know the story. So I watched the highlights, and I wanted to see the handshake line. Not because of any fireworks. You remember when, like, Kevin Warren essentially handed Michigan – the Big Ten title, and like that, those were games that Brad Underwood puffed his chest out and shook Jawan Howard's hand like, I just, I just whipped your butt. Last night, he was almost like, like apologizing. You know, I mean, he wasn't, but, and it was normal. He was, but it was almost like, like Derek, you know, you can talk smack for a while if you and I were playing Nerf Hoop, but after about the eighth time you've beat me, you're mm-hmm. probably feeling bad for me. Yeah. Like, you're just like, hey, Lon, sorry about that, man. I didn't hit, I didn't mean to hit 10 straight shots on the Nerf hoop. And it's like, <laughs> instead of talking smack, I mean, and Brad wouldn't do that, but I just was like, 
Wow. I mean, this isn't even a contest anymore between mm. these two. And Michigan is as down as I've ever seen them. I, 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 and I'm sure I'm reacting to today and not looking back. You know, I'm, I know probably in the last 50 years, Michigan has had a couple of seasons that have not been good. But it's downright embarrassing how bad they are. But that said, there's a reason they looked bad last night. And that Illinois team was unbelievable. And you, you pointed out all the highlights, Derek. I, Terrence Shannon... If you get that kind of play out of him, look out. I mean, this is this is a tournament team in March that could do a lot of damage if he's doing that. Coleman Hawkins is as confident as he's ever been. He played solid defense. I love when he shoots a three. I, I, I feel like I'm almost as confident in him shooting a three than anybody on this team, and he shoots it in rhythm. You know, he's a good passer. I know Garrier was was giving him a lot of credit for the passes he makes. That's just that was a confident team last night that came out and played like they did. And you guys called it. You guys called the blowout. I didn't call such a blowout, but I did mention yesterday. Wouldn't it be nice to just go out and run Michigan off the court and just get that kind of confidence back, not only in the team but in the fan base as well? Because mm-hmm. I feel like. The last few games, you've been kind of, yeah, you know, like Stevie J just said when I walked in, he's like, hey, I can handle that kind of game. I was able to just lay down on the couch and enjoy it, not pace all over the floor. And it's true. I just loved how confident they were. I loved how they dominated that game. They came out with a great intensity about them. Yeah, uh, I thought defensively you could see that early, the way they were pressing the ball and, and trying to make things difficult. Now, Michigan made some shots and kind of hung with them to the they first did. handful of minutes and, and – there was a stretch in the middle of the first half where Illinois had some lapses, weren't getting loose balls, and allowing some easy marches to the rim, which have kind of been uh, a theme here of late. But that defense buckled down. Mm. Terrence was really good on that end, which was great to see because we know how capable he is offensively, even at 28 against Michigan State, although missed shots late. Sure. But I've been waiting to see the, the Terrence Shannon I was familiar with earlier in the season on defense. And I thought yeah. that last night – he looked like that guy when I got out in transition. Had some fun moments of like <laughs> Coleman's a pass that like split two defenders, a bounce pass that led out to a fast break. Uh, the, there was like a little bit of a, a three-man action between Terrence, Coleman, and Ty. Just great unselfish play with passing. I think it was a no-look by Terrence to Coleman. Coleman with a wraparound to Ty and a finish. So it was fun basketball. And Michigan's a, a really bad team, very much defensively having a terrible year. So that's what you're supposed to do against right, them. You're supposed right. to ring up a lot of points, hold them down the way that they did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Juwan looks defeated. Oh, and that's kind of where time. it's like he's just he's he's just kind of caught in no man's land where he can't get mad because there's, there's nothing that, that he can do. So uh, at one point when Terrence, I think it was early second half, continues to just be on fire, Juwan just like turned and looked off off the court and smiled. And he's just like, wow. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure in his, in his head, he's like, man, if we had that guy, uh, which we'll hit on because he had some things to say. I was glad that he went there because it, it's been like, I wouldn't say unspoken, but it's been whispered around or, or just maybe louder than whispers that Terrence was going to go to Michigan, if not for the academic things, not aligning. So he ends up not going there, goes back to his home state and goes to Illinois and the, the rest is history. So, uh, but yeah, on the note of Michigan being just this flat out sad You'd have to go back to John Beeline's first year in 2007, 2008. 
they were 10 and 22. Oh, wow. Uh, there were some lean years there with Tommy Amaker. They were 13 and 18. Mm, yeah, that's true. Uh, and then in his first year, 11 and 18. But uh, right now, Ken Palm says this is projected to be a 10 and 21 squad for Michigan. Wow. And good luck trying to find two wins on their <laughs> the rest of their regular season. <laughs> They're 8 and 17 right now. They do get to play Ohio State. We'll talk about that. Ooh. Chris Holtman getting the ax today. But this is a brutal Michigan State te- or Michigan team. Uh, especially away from home, and they looked apart that way last night for sure. To jump off that real quick, there are ways you could get fired from a radio show if you cursed, if you said something that was you know not good, and or if like three years ago you said that Chris Holtman was the best coach in America. <laughs> like I, I feel like I sh- Stevie should walk down right now and hand me the papers nah. and be like, "Look, it was a good run, Lon. Obviously, you're getting a little." weary in the brain I, I I did not see this happening at Ohio State I know it's a younger team they're sophomores and we can get again we'll get to that I mm-hmm. want to get back to yep. the point at hand but yeah I'm, I'm calling myself out on the carpet there because boy I was shocked that this thing has turned so bad on Chris Holtman I I voiced respected him and thought he was a hell of a coach but they certainly are not competitive I know they had the one off the other day, but otherwise they have not been competitive all season. It's been, you know, I mean, they're, they're lucky to score over 50 points, which they did last night, like 54 or two or whatever it was against Wisconsin, which, you know, the Badgers can do that. But back to Michigan and back to Shannon. You, you have to give, obviously, Brad Underwood and the staff all the credit in the world for going out and getting Gary A, for going out and getting Damask, for getting older, for recognizing Justin Harmon, what he can do, give a lot of credit to Coleman Hawkins for sticking around and doing what he's doing. It's been fun to watch his progression. But it so in in no way am I saying that if you didn't have Terrence Shannon, this Illinois team would be as bad as Michigan is right now. Right. But it is amazing probably if you handed Michigan Terrence Shannon two years ago and and kind of then followed the path of both of these programs would be interesting to see kind of where each would be. Again, I don't th- – well, I know for a fact Illinois wouldn't have dropped as bad as Michigan is right now because Brad continues and the staff in the offseason to do great things on the portal. And they they could have been pretty year. rough last year, though. Yeah, that's I, true. Not that they wouldn't have gotten someone instead of Terrence Shannon. No, but you're right. You're right. But without – I mean, he, him and Matthew Meyer yep. were your big additions, and that team was – that's true. I mean, sketchy like, down the stretch. I don't think you would have been as bad as Michigan no, is this no, year, no, no, but that's, still, that's hard to do. But you're right. I mean, that team probably doesn't make a tournament last year without Shannon, obviously. So, but yeah, I'm happy to have Terrence Shannon. And what's crazy is I just looked; he just made another three from the corner, like literally a minute ago. I mean, how do you? Every I was watching the highlights, and I'm like, did they not just show that? And then I, I looked; at, I had to rewind and look at the score, and I'm like. Oh, no, that was just the next time down the court or whatever. I mean, he hit from the same spot on both ends of the court, and then everybody went over to that spot. That was like the, the, the like somebody was playing. Illinois was having so much fun, they were playing horse. So Shannon's like, I'm going to hit one from here. You know, here in the next three possessions, Damas, you've got to hit one from here. Goody, you've got to go hit one from there. Gary A., it's your turn now. You're, you're fourth in line. And they all just kept making that corner three, and then Shannon was doing the step back. When he's in step back mode and draining him, you know he's feeling it. And last night, certainly, he was doing that. And even when he missed, he got his own rebound, made a great pass to Hawkins on the perimeter. I, when this team shares the ball – 
and they have all year. I'm not saying they, they didn't, but I think without Shannon, it got more of a little bit more of a slower pace, obviously, booty ball stuff with the mask. When they're sharing it like they did last night, look out. And I know there's going to be tougher teams in Michigan, and we know that this next game at Maryland mm-hmm. is going to be probably an absolute dogfight that you'll hope to win. But, man, that was fun. And you got to have those on occasion. And it's fine if it's Michigan on the other end or Indiana or Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And, and for as many years as John Beeline was giving it to Illinois, I, mean, I, I tweeted it out last night, he was 17-8. and eight during wow. his time at Michigan against Illinois, down the latter portion from like middle on in his career at Michigan to the end, he had won 14 of 16 oh, wow. against the Illini before taking the Cavs job. Then, of course, Juwan gets the job, and Michigan hasn't beaten Illinois since. <laughs> so it, it's been good to see the way that that has obviously played out for Illinois. They were one of those teams. Mich- Purdue had beaten Illinois for a long, long time, especially on the road. Wisconsin, obviously, being able yeah. to snap some of those streaks – with under Brad Underwood and, and and to circle back a little bit, we are going to talk more about Holtman, but when you think about just the ebbs and flows of some of these coaching careers through the big 10, like Holtman had some highs. I mean, he was he playing in the big 10 tournament final against you uh, back in 2021. And, and while That's Illinois true. won that Ohio state ended up getting a two seed, then lost in the first round, but they had some really good teams. Um, obviously Michigan has been up. They were a one seed that same year, and now they've been in the basement and even further. Uh, so to have Illinois' consistency oh. has been something that Illinois fans have long sought out. I know that, of course, they want the the run in March, but uh, that's been something that you you certainly love. And, and whenever you can just smack around a team that you hate, it, although it'd be nice if Michigan was a little bit more competitive, so right. it, me- it meant a little bit more, <laughs> right. right? But uh, just to, to to leave it to where Juwan Howard and Hunter Dickinson are pretty much like just speechless oh, uh, on the note call. of Illinois. Like they, they can't say anything. They can't put rebuttal with anything. They just have to <laughs> take their medicine and, and move on. Like that's, that's something for a squad that had a lot to say back in 2021 and to the point where I've told it before when Brad went in Ann Arbor pregame to go fist bump the Michigan yeah. staff and, and Juwan just cold shouldered him. Wow. Wow. It, it was one of those like, oh, okay. Uh, and then they, <laughs> they beat him by like 26 and the, the feeling around, I remember talking to some people in the program like, yeah, we kind of slapped the ego off of him, the, the smugness. Um, I love it. So anyways, I guess but, there's the chance, right? We could still run into Michigan at the big 10 tournament. Could. Yep. Um, this is the is Michigan going to get no, the Friday? No, have to get the Friday. There's no, no way. No, there's no way. But Doug McDaniel play then? I think he, he, he probably would. will be part of that. I would assume. I mean, there's a – and then like Hunter, you never know in the NCAA tournament. But true. I, I don't want to go out in a limb yet and just say, hey, the rest of their lives are going to be on vacation in the Caribbean going, damn, I never beat Illinois. <laughs> like, you know, hey, Hunter, hey. He sees an Illini fan. He's like, oh, God, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Walk the other way. But yeah, I mean it's it's just been it's been fun to dominate those well, two. And Juwan never lost to Illinois as a player. That's true. That's true. So Illinois getting a little bit of uh, some, some payback there. there. It yeah. is. It's great. I mean, it's not great to hear. But when you talk about how kind of low Illinois was through those years, I mean, Wisconsin had beaten you what fifteen straight times. Yep. Think about that happening. I mean that that should never happen. I, I that is just that blows my mind. That stat. And as you said, Beeline going, what, 14-2 and two or whatever in his last 16 against you? I mean, that, that's disgusting to understand where this program was. And, 
Yes, Brad Underwood has to win in March. We all agree with that. But it is nice having your program back where Illinois fans think it deserves to be and through the years have proven it should be a top 20 program. And obviously, Brad's got you close to a top 10. But it's just nice to be turning this thing around now after the stretch you went on where you were so bad to now go in and you're the dominant team in a lot of these series. That's fun. Right, and and to circle back to what you're saying about Shannon, he's one of those guys that, of course, he's not going to do it himself, but he inspires that confidence. How many years, pretty much every year, yeah. we see a star or a handful of stars in the big dance lead their team on a on a pretty sometimes special run, but at least getting them a few rounds through where it's like, okay, this guy explodes for high 20s, 30 points, makes a key play in, in, the cr- in crunch time. It was... Uh, boiled down to, okay, two really good teams, but one had Terrence Shannon and one didn't. That's what Illinois fans are hoping to hear when it comes time, the middle and, and late March, maybe even even into April, potentially. There's still a long way to go. I don't want to no, get the, the cart before the horse just because Illinois beat Michigan like everybody else <laughs> is doing in the Big Ten. But uh, to see that version that we were familiar with earlier in the year, to, to look like last night the way he was shooting threes, it was reminiscent of the way that he knocked him down against UCLA. Yes, last year, yes. where that guy's on a heater like that. We know what he can do downhill. We know the way he can attack the basket, but when he's shooting the three, two, you just can't guard him. So right. uh, that in concert with him playing defense and kind of being a tone setter with the on-ball pressure and, and making it where Illinois has some, some physicality, some bite, some aggression to their defense again, which they've been missing of late, that all was really good to see. I just mouthed to uh, – Kyle, because I forgot, but Luke Goody's going to join us at 4.05 today. I, I just can't wait to ask him what, what that's like. I mean, just to, just to be front row and center or on the court when Terrence Shannon is doing stuff like that. That I mean, I, I, look, I played with some pretty good players in, back in the day, but nobody did that kind of stuff. Not many people can do that stuff. And to be able to watch a guy that just isn't missing and is doing everything right, and you wrote about it in your uh, – well, no, was that you on the stars of the game? I did do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, about how defensively he uh, he brought it last night too. He was active. He's making steals. He was he was you know changing shots. We talked about it yesterday that that's what made him an All American. Not just the ability to do what he does on the offensive end, but to do it on the other end. And and you got Terrence Shannon back full tilt last night. And I hope now that continues through the rest of the year. I'm excited to hear what Luke has to say about the band, whether the band brought it last night or well, not. Well, yeah. You know, Did I, they I, play concerto or I like know. some, you know, like, I don't know what those, I'm not a, I know I'm not a classical music guy, so. The band has been under fire. How do they respond to this <laughs> adversity? Are they on the hot seat? Um, let, let's pivot though. Let's talk a little bit about Coleman Hawkins too, because he yes. obviously deserves it. Speaking of, I think it. I mentioned 14 of 16 for John Beal. I think it's been 14 out of 16 games that Coleman scored in double figures. And we there were some big questions for him as he returns back from the NBA draft process that he had to address this upcoming year and that could he be more assertive and consistent right. as a scorer? Could he shoot the three more efficiently, be a knockdown three-point shooter, yep. potentially is it considered a stretch big man? Well, to be a true stretch threat, you got to make that shot better than 28%, which had been his career percentage going into this year. And then can he limit turnovers, mm-hmm. just be a little bit more steady? And on the whole, yes, he's had some moments of being emotional and, and maybe 
a dicey decision here with a pass or whatnot, but he's been really consistent. He's been super confident with his jumper that is a 40% three-point jumper mm. this season uh, in the Big Ten. I think on the on the whole of the season, it's it's 39%, so pretty much in that same wow. range. Wow. And he's had 17 assists in the last three games. So you're able to have him be a guy. He was really good in the middle of that zone last night. And really wherever he is on the court, he sees the floor really well. He's ma- And he has one turnover last night, so he's making fewer mistakes as far as that goes. He looks like a bona fide NBA draft pick. I know that I was uh, in doing some research for my writing. I went back and tried to see the most recent mock drafts for ESPN and the athletic and ESPN did one last month. He wasn't in it. The athletic did their best a hundred players on their big board. Uh, it, it was early December where Coleman, I know he had been hurt with the knee and wasn't right, playing right, all that right, great right. to start the year. He wasn't even on their top 100 for draftable prospects. That's going to change as we go into the latter portions of this year, especially if he keeps this up. I don't know how you can't watch him. Now, again, I've continuously told you I don't understand the NBA. I, I don't – I mean, the guys that I think are sure, like why wouldn't he play in the NBA? Why wouldn't he be able to at least get a role? Um, and Coleman fits that bill to me. It's – you know, I, I always hear about, well, you know, he's a big man, but he can't defend. Not Coleman, but others that – like Kofi – well, Coleman can defend, and he can defend the perimeter probably better than he can defend the post sometimes. Yep. So in that situation, that check mark is there. Um, I give Brad credit, credit, uh, bad Brad Underwood credit. Excuse me. The last two seasons, he has continuously said Coleman's got to shoot the ball, and I know there were probably a lot of Illini fans that were like, "I don't agree with you, Brad," and I don't know what you see that you think he needs to shoot. But there were times where he was so unselfish that it hurt your team, and now he's not. Now he's taking rhythm shots. He wants the ball, and he wants to shoot. Now, he's not going to get out of hand for the majority. I don't think he's ever going to pump up 20 shots on a night. But I love the idea that he wants to shoot now. And I give Brad a lot of credit for that because he and that staff have been on Coleman Hawkins for two years to shoot the ball. And I give him credit for that, and Coleman should give him credit for that. You know, he should be the one that says, I appreciate your confidence in me, and I'm sure he does. It just... Everything about him, he's just a good, he seems like a good young man. I understand that he is emotional, and I don't know that sometimes that's not bad. You know, sure. I, I know yeah. you can't, you can't, you know, we all get tired of watching somebody scream for fouls. I mean, we, we all, you know, like we joked with Luke Goody one time, I'm like, well, Coleman still hasn't fouled anybody all year. So I don't know why they keep calling fouls on him. That gets old. Other than that, though, I mean, to the point where I love his post game comments. I, mean, he, I do too. He's yeah. great at post game comments. He's always handing out great compliments for everybody else on the team besides himself. He uses awesome words. He used a word last night, and I can't re- recall what it was now. But I'm like, that's a great use of that word. I just and he's hilarious on social media. And he's hilarious on social media. I mean, the one with Gary A. Did you see that <laughs> I one? Did see it. Oh my goodness, that was hilarious. So, which if you didn't to fill you in. Uh, <laughs> Someone tweeted, uh, I'm assuming an, an older... Yeah, I know her. Patty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. her. A lady tweeted that <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this, but Quincy Guerrier is so handsome. because of the. She said, because of the age difference, I shouldn't be tweeting this. And Coleman said, no worries. I'm paraphrasing here. You guys are pretty close to the same age. <laughs> I mean, and then Guerrier just answered with a bunch <laughs> of laughing emojis. I, he just, he brings some fun to a team. And... I know when you're winning at a high level and 18 wins now, and, and you're going to have a lot more fun regardless. But I just like Coleman. 
I've been a Coleman fan for his entire career here. I've appreciated the fact that he's stuck around all this time. He's going to go down as one of my favorites. And I hope for a guy like him, as much as I really hope for Brad Underwood for March success, I hope for a guy like Coleman Hawkins that this team has success in March and that that kid finds a spot in the NBA and has a chance to be kind of an impact guy on a team. Whether or not you play a lot or not, I just I, he just seems like a kid that I would want around my either organization or program, and I think he's proven that here in Illinois. Yeah, and on the note of him being unlikable to opponents and, and even annoying some of his <laughs> own fans at some times because of his <laughs> because of his complaining a little bit and, and some of his emotions, but a lot of teams, a lot of really good teams have had instigators through the years, trash talkers, guys that like to get under other people's skin. And it's one of those, you know, like a Lucas Johnson, I'm not saying they're the same player, obviously, right. but it was a guy you loved if you had him and a guy oh. that you hated if you're playing against him. You've seen it through the, the Big Ten over the years of guys that just... Who was the kid at Wisconsin that flopped all the time? Oh, uh, Brad Davison. Yes. Yeah, Brad da- For different reasons, of course, right. why they might right. be unlikable and whatnot, but... Uh, you know, there's a Draymond Green type in, yes. <laughs> for Golden State or uh, the Rodman factor through the years with, with the Bulls. And look, these are different skill set type of players. But uh, yeah, and I think that Coleman, for the most part, has done a good job of while he's he's shown emotion, his game has been a lot more steady this year. Big he time. hasn't made it to where he flies off the handle and, and maybe makes a mistake or doesn't get a call. And then all of a sudden he's going to then just make three more mistakes yep. after that well, or lose, lose his mind. So uh, I think that that is fine. I mean, I, I love the fact that if there's a couple chirpy people in the front row at Michigan State that he hits a three and says, boom, I think that's great. I do too. There's, there's something about having a, having a swagger about you. Brad's talked about that since the very early stages of coming here, that he wants guys that, that have swagger and confidence. And, and Coleman's one of those guys. So I, Amen. I appreciate covering Coleman. I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, even if he's disagree with me sometimes on social media, which is fine. <laughs> uh, I've never taken it personally. But uh, yeah. I love that he owns that. Like some people, like I, Marcus DeBass probably doesn't look at Twitter at all. He probably is, I think he's on Twitter, but I, I doubt he even looks at it. I, he's probably like, I don't want anything to do with that. Coleman loves it, man. He yeah, probably gets home and is like, what What Piper say tonight? <laughs> you know, and, and just looks to see what guys are saying. You nailed it when you just said that. The Muhammad listener on the U of I Atlanta Lake text line, he nailed it as well, or she, I'm sorry. People have a short leash with Hawkins, but, man, they're going to miss him next year. Yep. I agree. He yep. just does so many little things. I think coaches appreciate – coaches appreciate Terrence Shannon <laughs> for what he can do for being an All-American, right? They appreciate – Garrier, who can get you 10 rebounds. They, all those, look, they appreciate all that. But to have a guy in Coleman that can run the point if needed, that can lead you in assists like he did last night, that can step out and hit threes and, and stretch the floor, bringing a big man out, that's huge. He's good defensively. If you're in a press situation, he can bail you out down the court. If you play zone, teams probably would play more zone against Illinois if Coleman Hawkins wasn't on that team. So, you ask a coach that's been around for a long time, any coach in college, and you say, hey, what would be the value of a guy that can do all these things? Oh, hell. I, he'd be my first pick. I mean, somebody that doesn't have to lead you in scoring all the time, doesn't have to lead you in rebounds all the time, doesn't have to lead you in assists all the time, but he's always right there in all those categories and 
can bring the ball up in situations where you need it. He can bust a zone with his passing or his shooting. He's good defensively. He can defend the perimeter. What can't he do that isn't a bonus for Illinois? He can hit free throws. I mean, he's the kind of guy, if I'm a coach, you give me that dude and I'll work everything around him. It just takes a yeah. lot of pressure off any team and any coach when you've got a guy that is that. What do they, what do they call those? Uh, the, uh, like the thing you keep in your glove compartment that has all the Swiss different Swiss Army tools. knife? Yeah, I mean, he's that, right? He, he can do a little bit of everything. And to have a guy like that on your team, to me, is value. And I think people that really understand basketball, and, and, and I would obviously throw all the coaches in this, they would understand how important a guy like that is to your program and why you're going to win. Yeah, that's really well said. I think that the number of teams that have their five-man get switched onto Boo Booey, Tyson Walker, <laughs> and uh, Jameer Young and are immediately yes. just cringing and tightening every muscle in their body is it's pretty immense, except for Illinois is one of the, the rare exceptions because Coleman can guard those guys and he stay can. in front of them. And can. The, the guard might – I think I've even seen it sitting courtside the – like I think Bowie, like his his eyes light up. He's like, I got the switch that I wanted, and no, you actually don't. You, you, you're not going to be able to probably get off a good shot here because he's got that length. He's got great anticipation, and he can he can move like that. So uh, he's a a rare breed. I know yeah. that basketball is going more and more in that direction where you have these yes. versatile, long type quote unquote big guys like a Coleman Hawkins and. I even think, you know, Merez Johnson's going to come in. They're not the same player. Merez is more of that physical right. big man, but he moves really well. He's very athletic. That As far as defensively what he can cover, that's certainly a, uh, something that maybe Illinois would hope to tap into further on past Coleman's time here. But a good example, and I don't want to rag on the guy, like Namari Burnett and Coleman Hawkins both played at Prolific Prep in high school. And Namari was a McDonald's All-American, five-star talent, He's had some injuries through his sure. college career where that's limited him some, but Coleman was ranked in the 150s. You essentially beat Rutgers for Coleman Hawkins. Wow. And look at the way that he's wow. progressed and developed and where Namari's at right now, a non-factor last night. I'm pretty much a non-factor a lot of times in the Big Ten as a starter for a bad team, but uh, that's that's the development. That's the commitment to stay in. He's a four, one of those traditional old school. I yeah. Hate, it, it's crazy that we even have to call it old school. An old school <laughs> four-year player. But you appreciate those guys. and that I love it. He's been, been through it all. And I know we said that about Trent, DeMonte, and those type of guys as yes. well. But um, Coleman deserves that, to wear that as well. They live with you, right? I mean, for your memory is what I mean. Yeah. They don't actually come yeah. and stay with you and eat your Jack's pizza. But, I mean, those are the, those are the guys. I when, eat a Jack's pizza and watch a Bears game with Coleman see, Hawkins. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, would. those are the guys, when you, like when you just mentioned Trent, like, I'm like, ah, like all the years he gave you. And I know he played even an extra year. Mm -hmm. But just guys like that is what, especially people my age, that's what we were used to. We were used to the Corey Bradfords, the Sergio McLeans, the go on back through time guys that, you know, if they were really good like Nick or Kendall, they sure. left. But yeah. Lowell Hamilton, I mean, guys like that that stayed four years and you, Lucas Johnson, Robert Archibald, I mean, Sean Harrington, Sean Harrington, you, you were able to really, you watched them grow and not only grow, but you watched them grow into really good basketball players that helped your program win at a high level. And to me, that's the that's the most successful. I want to win a national title. 
and I know Illinois has been close, but that the idea that of watching those guys help me win as a fan the majority of the time that I have bragging rights over anybody else on any other school and they're the reason for it, I truly respect those guys for doing it. And I love it. And you don't see it as much anymore with the portal, with guys leaving earlier for the NBA. And I don't, I don't behoove them at all. For I mean, I, that's wonderful if you can do it. But you don't see many of those guys, like you said, last this long. And Coleman's been through some ups and downs. I mean, he's been, like, like the Muhammad listener said, he's, he's been a short-leash guy for a lot of Illini fans. He's, he's easy to kind of he get frustrated at. But he has just stuck to his ways and gotten better, and I love it. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm tired of hearing myself brag about him. I'm just happy for him. Yeah. And I like seeing a smile on a basketball court on occasion, and Coleman will do that. And I, it's just it's fun, man. He's just easy to root for. Yep, and on the note of just overall, we'll have more thoughts on Illinois and Michigan. 97-68, to 68, the blowout helps the metrics. Illinois jumped from 11th to 9th in Ken Palm. They improved to 9-4 and four in the Big Ten. Wisconsin won last night as well. They're 9-5, and five, Northwestern. Bad news for them today as far as uh, one of their guards. I want to get into that as we go along. Some different Big Ten storylines. They're 8-5 and five in the Big Ten. Their next game is at the rack on Thursday. We'll talk more Big Ten hoops as we go along. We've had... Plenty of you weigh in already. We welcome more. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Alina Lake text line. I want to get Kyle's thoughts on last night's win and more from the text line as well when we return. Stay with us. This is The Drive. Are you tired of shivering in the winter? Look no further than your local heroes at ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. Hi, this is Gina inviting you to give us a call at 217-352-5400 to book your appointment to make sure your furnace is running safely and efficiently this winter. We've been proudly locally owned and operated and have been serving our community for over 50 years. ABC, always be comfortable. Call me, 217-352-5400 to book your appointment today or go to abcheatingandac.com. First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, we invite you to speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting in our comfortable offices. Visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. 356bank.com, First Federal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS. 435120. So, when was the last time you saw a best deal guarantee? You mean a promise that actually held up? Right. That some unknown online entity didn't want you to log in and download a code and then re verify as you join some club? Drives you nuts, I know. And then once you purchase that set of steak knives? Well, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is a lot simpler. You find a verified great deal and they beat it. Just show them the deal you saw. A newspaper clipping or the online cart price will do, and then you're good. At Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, it's one of those instances where you see a best deal guarantee and... You get the best deal. This is Dennis Rekin, chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. Our exclusive 10-year protection plan comes free with most appliance purchases. Whether it's a GE, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Bosch, or any of our 30 brands, I guarantee we will beat any competitor's deal. Wow! Get the whole 
Illini fans, this year we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium for the 2024 Fighting Illini football season. Season tickets for the 2024 football season are on sale now, and Illini fans who renew their season tickets by February 1st are eligible to win amazing prizes, memorabilia, and experiences. Secure your season tickets for homecoming, Dad's Day, and a special rededication of Memorial Stadium on October 19th against Michigan. Visit FightingIllini.com for more information. Are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out, all different shades of black, and ready to put a little color in your life? Come work for us. At Aftershock, we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping, whether it be window tinting, vinyl wrapping, anything of that sort, or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do. You know those wraps with Troy Lands on the back waving at you? That's our work. Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. We're talking to Nate Evans of the Nate Evans Group, and we're talking about the current market. What does this mean, Nate, for sellers? Well, right now, if you're a seller, I think you should be able to move forward with confidence. There's such a low supply of homes out there in the market all across the Champaign, Vermilion County, Douglas County. There's a huge, huge backlog of buyers at the moment that are looking for homes to hit the market. I was just looking at statistics the other day, and in Champaign alone, there was about 130 homes for sale is all. A few years ago, we would have 800 homes on the market. So what that means is with that shortage, it drives the prices up for the sellers. So they can expect a little bit more out of their home with a large demand of buyers out there shopping for them. So call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. It's Nate Evans with EXP Realty, 217-239-7113, or do an online search to Nate Evans Group to start packing. Sell your home with Nate. Pick the price, pick the day. Go to thenateevansgroup.com. Well, it's no secret financial disputes can cause marriage friction, especially if one partner is a penny pincher and the other is a spendthrift. With the following tips from the financial experts at Busey, you might just appreciate your financial differences and achieve your monetary goals together. Money habits reflect personal experience, including upbringing. Being a spender or a saver may come naturally. Couples sometimes avoid discussing money because it leads to arguments. Avoiding conversation will not help you avoid conflict. To ensure a productive conversation, establish ground rules. Don't assume you know what your partner's thinking. Ask. Be willing to negotiate. Some questions to get you started. Well, how, what does money represent to you? Security, freedom? What are your short, long-term saving goals? What are your income and expenses? And are you comfortable with debt? Once you explore these topics, create a concrete budget or spending plan that reflects the two of you. Getting on the same page with your partner financially may take work, but can easily budget and track your progress with Busey. Access Money Manager through the Busey.com eBank and the mobile app, or contact a Busey financial advisor for further advice. Busey's always there to help. Member FDIC.
We've got some texts rolling in on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. I want to get to those in a moment. First, Kyle Toss, we haven't had you weigh in yet. Illinois' big win over Michigan last night. Terrence Shannon's explosion. Coleman doing what he's doing. What stood out to you after what you saw on the court last night at State Farm Center? So all I wanted was to just have a nice, easy <laughs> blowout this awful, awful Michigan team at home and not sweat for the final 25 minutes of the game. I don't have any complaints, really. I think just to see Terrence really have just a dominant game where he's had some games where he's shown flashes of being back to who he was. Last night was like All-American, second-best player behind Zach Eady type of performance, 31 points on efficient Crazy. shooting. Got out and ran, and just the three-point shot coming back around. And yeah, I just thought, I mean, this this team is incredible offensively. Then we don't have to question that. I mean, no. it, it was so effortless offense last night for them. I think defensively, there's still a way to go. There's not a ton to take from a Michigan team without McDaniel out there. But that was uh, the get-right game that I wanted to see, and not have to sweat that one, and to just prove that you're a far better team than whatever this version of Michigan is right now. Yeah, Michigan, last night, they scored 68 points. They lose by 29. When they played in Lincoln over the weekend, they scored 59 and lost by 20. Prior to that, they scored 62 in East Lansing, lost by 19. They scored 67 at Purdue and lost by 32. So, like, this is what Michigan's been doing. To your point on the note of, like, defense, which I think overall, like, the the effort and, and kind of the the way they approached it and just attacked them a little bit more aggressively. I thought the the ball pressure was better and whatnot, but we'll see. We'll truly know how much of a step forward they've taken. When they play Maryland, not a great offensive team, but some good offensive pieces like no Julian doubt. Reese and Jameer Young. And as, as this thing pushes forward, but yeah, no doubt. It was a, a fun night if you were watching last night as an Illini fan. What do you guys make of, of Coleman? Do you think like, where would you slot him if we're gonna if we're gonna mock him? I know we don't watch everybody in the country, but no. does he look like a middle of the second round type of guy? Do you think he's got the ability to to elevate farther than that? I don't know that he'd be a first round guy, but I think you're dead on right there. I think if you're a team that would want someone that can shoot a little bit, that can play perimeter defense, that can guard a big, I, I'm sure they'll worry about you know, uh, a really strong center being able to abuse him. But do they even have those anymore in the NBA? <laughs> I'm assuming no. Uh, Joel Embiid, is the, you think of him Embiid. as strong as he is, he goes out and shoots threes all Jokic game. goes out, but he could, he could back you down. He can certainly do that. But he could but do that to anybody. I would think Coleman, as, as a guy that is both tall and athletic and quick, I mean, I, quick for his size – I don't know why somebody wouldn't take a flyer on him middle second round to the end of second round in a heartbeat. Kyle, would you agree? Absolutely, especially when you look at this draft class. I know everyone's talked about how down this class is compared to other ones, but you look through this draft class and there's no reason that Coleman Hawkins shouldn't get a look. In fact, if he was 19 instead of 22, I think he's a first-round pick. You know what? That's a great Mm. point. I think the only thing that's holding him back is obviously he's a fourth-year senior. He's 22 now, which just kind of knocks you a little bit. The NBA wants those younger guys that they can develop for a while. But, man, find me a big man who has the skill set and the versatility that Coleman has. I don't think there is one in this entire draft. So I think he absolutely would get a look. I feel like if he finishes the season the way he's played the last month, Mm -hmm. you could start to see that late first round, early second round type of buzz for him start to come up. Because I just, I think he fits 
almost any NBA lineup, whether you want to play him at the five, play him at the four next to your big man. I, I think he's been he, – he has the skill set that you want in a modern NBA big. Yeah, and kudos to you. That's a great point about the age. I would think, though, if, if you're a team that's kind of on the precipice of winning in the NBA – I'd be okay with a 22, 23-year-old kid coming yeah. in. I mean, what, what's he going to sign? A two, three-year contract? I mean, if, if, if it doesn't pan out after that, then you move on. In, instead of getting a 19-year-old maybe that you got to kind of develop for a couple of years, if you're a team, and don't ask me what they are, but if you're a team that could, be, could say, boy, you know, he's seasoned, and he could really help us kind of down the stretch in a situation, I think that would be perfect for Coleman, and maybe there is that team out there. Yeah, and I, I'm both, by no means an NBA buff, but I know that the Miami Heat have gotten a lot of credit for taking Jaime Jaquez, who is ah. one of the older players in the draft, and he's been a, a great asset for them, a team that's already in win-now mode. Trace Jackson Davis is doing some things for the Golden State Warriors. So what if there was a Coleman Hawkins and Pods reunion? All that, or even just to, and then oh, wow. to throw Coleman into the mix with, with Trace as well. Uh, that that would did be you fun. Say he, Jaime, Jaime, I guess. Jaime, did I you guess. did you say Jaime? I, I did. Guess. Yeah, Jaime, I guess. I did. Um, so, <laughs> but in terms of like the, <laughs> we had some fun with Jaime, that. Didn't we? Jaquez. Johnny Juzang and Jaime Jaquez. <laughs> oh, yeah, those were awesome. Final Four team. Then when they from the score, play in, like, from the play into the Final Four. Yeah, how crazy! I interrupted you. Sorry, I, I got excited with the yeah. I mean, I got but it. yeah, I agree with Kyle. His ability to shoot it like he is doing right now mm. makes him more playable in different spots offensively. You can have a five, and he can stretch out to a four because when you don't have the ability to knock down shots enough from the perimeter, it limits the ability to want to play you on the perimeter like a four. And let's be honest, like you're probably not going to – even though he's a great passer, I think he's probably that that connecting piece that yes. moves the ball and makes a good pass. You're probably not going to run a lot of stuff if you're an NBA team through Coleman Hawkins. But, I mean, not saying he can't develop into the, into that if he really takes off, but a lot of times we're seeing it with Io with the Bulls. Yes. By the way, having a fantastic oh, year, especially since that. Levine's been out. You've got to be – Career high the other night, 29. Yeah. That's five, awesome. Five three. He's shooting forty one percent from three this year. Woo. On that point, when you're one of those guys around a star, then you've got to be that that kickout piece, that yeah. guy that can space it and and make shots when you are that spot up player, that third or fourth option, fifth option in the offense. But I, I think that his his ability to move the ball and some of these teams that I know that NBA ISO ball is 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 prevalent in a lot of teams, but some like the Warriors really move it well and I think Coleman's one of those cerebral guys that can right. could fit into that so well and I think playing off that he's a guy that can get instant transition true that's what yeah. I like about Coleman is that he can grab a rebound and he's already three steps up the court dribbling yep. and he's looking up yep. right and it's that he had one last night where he like I don't know how I don't remember who it was but they were already on the other end of the court like sitting at the three point line I'm like what did you even play D on that one but like he grabbed a rebound took two dribbles and then you know fires a chest pass all the way up to the other end of the court and Illinois gets a bucket off that so I see what you're saying kind of the hockey pass like he's the first yeah. of the hockey pass yeah. where he gets the he doesn't get the assist but he throws it to the guy that then makes the pass that leads to the bucket I like that idea from you. I, I think Coleman could easily be that guy. And I know I, we're going to get to, although maybe we don't have enough time. Uh, <laughs> we're running out of time. We got Luke Goody coming up at 4.05. <laughs> we do want to hit on the Juwan Howard audio uh, as far as the Terrence Shannon thing. Let's let's save that. Let's finish with this Coleman thought and then get to a few texts real quick before we catch that break and get to Luke. 
But I, I wanted to say it, it brought to mind, not only I brought up Namari Burnett on that same high school team, but when you think back to that recruiting cycle for Illinois, there were three options. I brought this up before. Down low, they were looking at Zed Key, teammate of Andre Curbelo. That's and right. they're like, okay, would you want to get that back going? Of course, more of a traditional five. He, he really has kind of faded in that rotation Big for time. Ohio State Big and time. really not in that. He hardly plays. He'd kind of be like Dane here. Yeah, right. Exactly. Essentially. Exactly. So uh, there's there was him, there was Coleman, and there was Keon Ambrose, who I think went to. I forgot where he landed. Maybe it was, it was Bama or something like that. He might have transferred again. But anyways, the, it all aligned really well. They picked the right guy. They yes, went in they on Coleman. He had the connection because his family was from uh, around Chicago. And, man, it's it's worked out great for him and for Illinois. Zed Key and Amari Burnett look like the 28-year-old guy hooping with the 18-year-olds. Like, they just look old. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're slow-moving they, I, I don't. Zed was actually pretty good the other day against Maryland. He made, he made some key plays down the stretch of that game. But Amari Burnett, the tw- the like, like the four times I've watched him play this year, I'm like, why is he even on the court? I mean, he just he honestly doesn't even look like a good college basketball player. Yep. And that's crazy to think that he was a five star McDonald's All American. I don't know. He must have been good at Texas Tech, right? Well. Or was he yeah. kind of indifferent there, too? He wasn't great. Then he hit the portal. Then he went to Bama. I think he tore his ACL there. And then, oh. yeah. Well, and he, he that, that would describe, he looks like a guy that's injured. You know, that, it, that is slow, like, yeah. that is injury riddled almost, that, that has really slowed him up. Yeah. And I think Zed Key's kind of the same way. Right. Let's get to a couple of texts here before we catch a break. A 6-5-1. The ball movement on a couple of those transition buckets was so beautiful. It almost brought me to tears as a basketball <laughs> lover. If only Harmon would have put the pass up to Dane mm. up high. Was that the one where he tried to throw a bounce pass? I think. And yeah. then he ends up getting dunked on after that because <laughs> right. he like, f- falls back and Zay Jackson dunks on him. So uh, no, You got Coleman screwed with that. He, Harmon fell over and then Jackson dunked on Coleman. Oh, okay. But it, Coleman was just coming over. I didn't even know Coleman contest. was in the picture of that one. Dang. Harmon really sold him out there. Two birds, one stone. Yeah. <laughs> Harmon's got to be. Harmon's like, more... ah, the game's on Peacock. Nobody's yeah, watching. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right. Harmon's got to be a little bit more steady. I and think Dane's got good hands, yeah. so you can kind of get away with a bounce pass to him. But yeah, get it up high. Get it up high. Um, let's get to another one here. Kenny says, you guys mentioned it earlier in the show. I think Lon mentioned it about Underwood winning in the NCAA tournament. I think Brad Underwood has done a wonderful job getting this program back from where it was Amen. when John Gross was fired. Do you think he needs to get to a. Sweet 16 this year. I'm not saying he needs to be fired, but if he doesn't, do you guys think there'll be pressure next year with the talent? And, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I mean, there'll be pressure. There'll be outside noise, I'll say yeah. that. I don't know if Josh Whitman's applying pressure if they don't make the Sweet oh, 16. Oh, oh, like that. I thought you meant from like a fan base. Oh, no, Josh Whitman's fine. Right. Brad Underwood, yeah. But there'll br- be fan base pressure. Big sure, time. Of course. Brad's got to get it done. And this is a hell of a team to do. You got an older, experienced team. You've got an All American. I don't think he will be now, but essentially an All American in Shannon. You've got Coleman Hawkins playing as well as he's played. Marcus Damas can do things that other guys on this team can't do in terms of getting a tough bucket late. I mean, you. This is this team is a Sweet Sixteen team for sure. Yeah, and anything anything below that is an absolute disaster to me 
I, I truly feel, I mean, they're ranked 14th in the country. They've been ranked 10th. I know the rankings don't whatever, but I mean, that to me is, is appropriate for this team as one of the best 16 teams in the country, and they need to get to that second weekend. And I don't want it to just be, oh, we made this. Sweet. No, I mean, hell, go on a run. Let's get to the final four. Let's blow that monkey off the back or whatever they, you know, it's like, don't just, let's don't step our, our way to the sweet 16 and then maybe in a couple of years, oh, we finally get to the, uh-uh. This team has the capability of going deep. And they've got all the, all the ingredients. If they get their defense looking right, we see how they can score at a big level. You've got guys that shouldn't be afraid of big moments in an NCAA tournament when a game's tight late. I mean, I, I, they work together. Yeah, this team definitely has to get Sweet 16 for me, and I'd be fine with it, at, an Elite Eight appearance at least. It'll be a considerable disappointment if they don't make the Sweet 16. Completely. Especially agree. with two NBA guys and, and yep. Terrence and Coleman and a lot of age around them. You're built to win now for sure. You're going to lose a lot of this roster in the offseason. So, uh, again, I, I think there will be a lot of noise if they don't get there. I think the eye test really matters. Now, let's let's be honest. It's, it's going to be the results yeah. of – I don't want to get Lon on his two games rant, win two games <laughs> two in a weekend games. <laughs> uh, to get there. But like, not only has Illinois lost in the tournament, they looked pretty terrible. They have. They looked terrible against Arkansas. They looked terrible against Chattanooga when they were lucky yep. to win, and they go to in the Houston game, and Houston was clearly the better team. They yeah, looked terrible against Loyola. Like yeah. you got to actually play well. Could you get beat even when you play well? Like if you're, that's why where you're at right now, you'd love to get up to the three line. Because if you're a four seed, you're going to, unless they get upset, a right. five seed in the round of 32, you're pretty much playing a team that's on par with you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a coin toss game and anything can happen in March. But yes, this team, the 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 bar of a successful year is going to be the Sweet 16. And I, I think anything less than that will be a, a significant disappointment. Will there be pressure? Fan noise for sure. Like Josh Whitman pressure? No. And uh, yeah. some of these other coaches who have gotten, you know, Turgeon didn't win enough in nope. March. He got fired. Holtman, not enough in March, got fired. But the, Tom Crean, there was fall-offs where not only did they not win in March, then they didn't make a tournament a year or two in a row, and then they got axed or anything like that. I think that's where some fans got to understand the difference between Brad not getting it done in March yet versus some of these other coaches that have, have gotten let go. We'll talk more about Chris Holtman, that – News coming down. We got Luke Goody, though, on the other side here. Go. He's going to join us on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Continue to weigh in. 217-359-2255 on the U of I line on Link Text Line. I'm late, Kyle. Sorry. Bye. <laughs>